MSW Media. Hi, everybody. This is Phil Rosenthal, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. And what I'm drinking is all this. Can you see it? Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. This is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Welcome to the show, everybody. Coming to you from a uh, top-secret location uh, somewhere in the heart of Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Did I add a T to the end of that, Tom? I heard a T. With me, you just heard his voice. He's on the show all the time. He's just here two shows ago. The great Tom Caltabiano. Hi. Hi, Dan. Good to see you here. Great to see you. Uh, And also, another frequent guest on the show. He hosts the uh, enormously popular television program called somebody feed phil it's phil rosenthal you got you got him <laughs> <laughs> you are him oh how are you forgetting oh, wow uh i'm already drunk so this is gonna be great this is beautiful well we got we got i hope you you got to pace yourself here we got a lot to get to today i see all the bottles on the table i wish people could see this oh you're videoing yes we are it's so an, they can see this it's an agave it, spirits extravaganza we're doing today we've got three tequilas and three mezcal i mean you literally could fill the bathtub and i could just go in we could do that yeah and we're gonna do that after the you'd, show right. you'd be clean for once phil i mean this is the category okay this year Agave based spirit tequila and mezcal are po- poised for the first time in history to surpass vodka wow. as the leading uh, spirits category. That seems like a very America. big deal. It's a big deal. Uh, top spirits by revenue in the U.S. last year: vodka, seven point two billion dollars. That was down 03 percent. Tequila and mezcal six, is in second with six billion. Up almost 18% from the year before. And it's going to now pass And vodka they say this year it's going to be the, the, the number one selling category in the United States. In the United States. In the States. And what's in the world? Vodka. Yeah. And yeah, then, if uh, you just go by Russia yeah. alone. Exactly. Vodka, <laughs> I think by, a, by a, lo- a large margin. But again, this is the, the, big, the hottest growing category, certainly, in the United States. And so I thought... Why not have this with the two hottest guys I know? There you go. Uh, well, this guy, yes. so he's drunk too already. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had a little bit too. Uh, By the way, Phil, I should say that Phil is a giant fan of tequila and mezcal. So that's this I'm aligned. Kinda, I'm a little proud that yeah. this spirit that I happen that to you, like is going to be number one. Yeah. That's right. But yeah. it, it, you didn't personally put it over the top, Phil. I you're, helped. You're a, you're a light drinker, <laughs> I, I will helped. say. We used to be, uh, when we were doing Raymond, we'd have a little scotch at, after a show, after we filmed the show. We would meet and have, in my office, a little celebratory taste of scotch. That was the thing, and we got into it. We got into the, what was it? The Single the Malt, single malt society. Whiskey Society. Where a we, society. We, Phil just wanted to wear a skirt. We but needed a society. Can we yeah. start a society right here? Why not? Sure. Let's do it. But then I actually started to get into tequila. And then mezcal, because it's a little lighter. It you is. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
But the good ones you can sip like a scotch. Well, we're going to be sipping all of these, and we're going to be we're going to be drinking them neat. That's the best way to really evaluate the flavor right. of these. And we're going to start with one of I love all of these, but this is yeah. one of my all time favorites, uh, Tequila Ocho. Yes, famous. And yes. Uh, this story begins in 2008. Yeah, uh, a very famous uh, tequilero named Carlos Camarino, whose name's going to come up again in this show. And then a, a man named Tomas Estes. Uh, he is was sorry. Uh, Tomas died. He was a friend of mine. He passed away in April sorry. 2021. Uh, he was kind of solely responsible for bringing tequila culture to Europe. Okay, okay? and I mean to the point where. When he died, the New York Times did a whole giant spread on him when he passed away. So he, he was a bar and restaurant over for, uh, owner for about 45 years. His first place was called Cafe Pacifico, and that was in Amsterdam in okay. 1976. Went over there as an expatriate. He's from here. He's from Whittier, California, right here in L.A. Okay. Who else is from Whittier, Tom? Your political hero, the, Richard Nixon. Yeah. Oh, it's Nixon. He's I from there, yeah. Wait a minute. I have my Nixon underwear on, <laughs> I, but I won't show it. <laughs> so Nixon's also from Whittier. So basically, Tomas brought Mexican cuisine and culture to the continent that really didn't have a lot of exposure to Latin American fare back in the 70s, you know, uh, at least not in Amsterdam, certainly. So in the obituary written by Clay Risen, said the real star was the tequila. Mr. Estes, born and raised in Southern California, spent his youth shuttling to Tijuana, just across the Mexican border, where he'd fallen in love with the varied flavors and styles of pure agave tequila. He brought that same love to the bar program at Cafe Pacifico, which in short order became renowned for having one of the best tequila collections in the world. Wow. And this was Tomas's final project uh, project still going strong uh, just so you know in 2003 he was named the official tequila ambassador to europe yep. by the mexican national tequila chamber and in 2012 he published what's probably the seminal book on tequila called the tequila ambassador anybody that's in tequila should have this book anyway now we're going to try this ocho now, plata which is an unaged tequila blanco it's a blanco plata silver whatever right. you want to call it okay so, you know, Ocho is in the Los Altos, the Highlands region, yeah. up by a town called Arandes in yeah. Mexico. That's where they make this. Uh, the soil very rich there. You, you tend to get uh, softer, rounder, fruitier tequilas in this area. It's 40% alcohol by volume. What are you getting on the nose, Tom? On the nose? Yeah. Sorry. It's very lively. Right? Oh, there's a lot coming out of it. It's like peppery here. and, and uh, right? Yeah. Minerality to yes. it, I think, as well, and then uh, this is a good glass for this. It's very nice. So it's a, it's a, so people should know. They say tequila should be drunk in a kind of a, what would you call this glass? Uh, it's a, it's like a, almost kind, like a coupe. A, glass. It's a very open, coupe. a yeah. very open yes. round bottom. It's actually a uh, one of those stemless wine glasses. That's right. So it has a, but it lets you get your face in there. So the smell really does hit you. A lot of times at tastings, they'll do them in glass that flutes almost that mm -hmm. look like champagne flutes, but they're mm -hmm. they're shorter. They're like half the size of a champagne flute, a little wider than a champagne yes. flute. That's what you'll get a lot at tequila right. tastings. I mean, what we're not going to do is shots. You know, we're not doing that. I haven't Anything done like, that. I mean, yeah. I've never done that. Even in college, I didn't do it. I didn't. If I'm going to so, drink some, I want to like how it tastes. Hmm. And if I like how it tastes, I'm not downing it really fast. <laughs> That's it's a right. weird, yes, it's a weird uh, catch-22 there. Uh, this is very nice. Just grassy, earthy. Yes. Again, that sort of round feeling in the mouth that you get. No yes. burn on this one. 
viscous thick. This is, if you survey bartenders, people in the craft cocktail community, mm-hmm. Ocho's going to always come up on everybody's best of list in terms of uh, tequila. It's got a good mouthfeel also. It's very nice. Yeah. And the price on this one mm. is... Wait, this is where we get hit with a bill? This is uncomfortable. <laughs> How much you got on you? What know? is the price? Oh, $50. That's very nice. That's a great it's price a very for this fine one. tequila. Very and, and Dan, just because a lot of people listen versus watching here, the bottle is the tallest in the array of bottles we have, right? It a is. Nice... Well, it's about the same size as the Vago, the Mezcal. Yes. I think it's ex- almost exactly the same size. And am I allowed to touch the bottles? You to... can touch the bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just let me go. go. Just get that right into Right around my... there. Yep. And what's funny, again, Tomas was born here, and they wrote this in the New York Times as well, that he was conscious of his identity as a white American selling Mexican cuisine and tequila to Europeans. And um, he was all about authenticity. He would take his teams every year. They'd go to Mexico for you know seminars, learning. And then Mr. Carlos Camarena said about him when he died, I thought he was a Mexican guy who by accident had been born outside of Mexico. <laughs> In his heart, he was Mexican. Great. So, raise Great. a toast here to Tomas. Yeah, a nice, clean uh, um, drink. Cheers. The, I Cheers. love the bottle and the labeling, Phil. It's beautiful. Phil, have you ever considered, since we just found out that a non-Mexican guy was kind of the father of bringing this in, have you ever considered as a Jewish gentleman from upstate New York of making your own? Uh, I I fantasized about it, and I went as far as to ask questions about getting involved with your own brand of tequila. It's a giant pain in the neck. (laughs) Any 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 spirit spirit. undertaking. I mean... Mexico tequila is probably the easier, and, that, and I'm not saying it's yes. easy. Which that's part of the reason why you're seeing this proliferation of celebrity tequilas. Yes, you're not seeing other spirits types of spirits categories right. of celebrities because it's harder. Right. Uh, our my friend, uh, do you know Soderbergh? Do you know Stephen? You know I know who he is. So Stephen Soderbergh has a thing called Singani. Yeah, that is the national spirit of Bolivia. Okay, it's categorized as a brandy. He just got a, the TTB to recognize it as its own category. Right. Singani is the name of the spirit. Wow. He said, I've done near impossible movie shoots. He said, nothing, nothing could ever compare to the amount of effort and work and frustration that goes into yeah. doing your own spirits. Brand. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, uh, the fantasy went right out the window when I heard the <laughs> Wine word. Wine would be easier, I think, personally. Yeah. All right, was you good on that one? Lovely. Okay, now we're going to move on to a, and I didn't, I forgot to open this one. I was wow. so excited to get here that it's, I left Philip, my, wow. a dereliction of duty here. Can we do it? Can we pop? Is this, oh, never mind. Oh, Tom likes yeah. this. There oh, we go. Oh, that was a yes. very feeble I'm effort. just going to pass this over to you, Tom. Now and we're that, moving on to an añejo. Okay. Nosotros Tequila Madera. Uh, this is a good story, Phil. I know you love a good story. I do. A young Costa Rican lad by the name of Carlos Soto, came to the U.S. for college. And he and a college friend of his named Michael Arbanas, I hope I'm saying that name right. I don't know. Do I hope I'm saying it right? I'm saying it. Yeah. Yeah, all right. They started Nosotros Tequila and Mezcal in 2017. Okay, this is a recent product. 2017. Six years ago from today's broadcast. They were in college. They took a loan out. Wow. In order to have... To get the entry fee. By the fee. way, two things that you're not involved with, college or loans. You couldn't get either, <laughs> either of those. One. Yeah. <laughs> you um, qualify. They took a loan out so they could 
pay the entry fee to get Nosotros, their unaged Blanco, which is not what we're having there, but their unaged Blanco, to enter it into the 2017 San Francisco World Spirits Competition, which is widely considered the most prestigious in the world, in America, certainly, despite the fact that I used to be a judge. Oh. still considered that prestigious. It won double gold and was named Best Tequila. This is the year they launched it. In 2017, Holy cow. catapulted the brand into the spotlight. Uh, their distillery is, uh, is, in, is located in Tequila, in, uh, around the town of Tequila. Female-owned and operated distillery. There's no additives, uh, sustainable farming practices. Madeira obviously means wood in English, so that's what we're having here. And they got Toucan Sam to be the... Uh, <laughs> no, no, switched Phil. over from Well, there, there's, a, there's a story to that, too. Oh. They, uh, Phil's they, describing the label, by the way. It's a beautiful bottle, label. and on the, on the bottle is something that looks like Toucan Sam, because you have an international audience of people that's listening. Right. Right. So it's a oh. bird with a beak. So if you want to buy this one, you go online. All proceeds from the online sales go to the Toucan Rescue Ranch in Costa Rica. Nice. So you're See drinking, that? you're getting a buzz on, and you're saving a bird. Are they birds, toucans? Yeah, they're, uh, they're are they delicious, though, birds? with they onions really and... Uh, uh, sautéed in <laughs> oh, butter. Sorry. I mean, it's wrong. I went the wrong way with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, they, uh, yeah, you're, you're helping to save the birds here. Now, this, this particular uh, Añejo is aged in white oak barrels for 21 months. And they use pipons, which you know what a pipon is? That's just an oversized barrel. Okay. And then they use regulars. They do a, a mix of blending between standard size barrels and peepons, which obviously the okay. bigger the barrel, the less, the, the smaller the barrel, the more uh, barrel, the more wood extraction you're going to get. Yeah. So the tequila that's aging in the smaller barrels is going to tend to have more of that oaky flavor to it. Yes. And then you marry that with, with what's aging in the peepons. So Añejo means over two years? Añejo means over three, uh, over a year. Uh, One year. Yeah. Re- reposado is rested. That's two months to a year. Añejo is a year to three. It used to be anything over a year. Okay. But then they created the extra Añejo category, which is anything over three ah. years. Dan, just because you have so much knowledge and you're spewing it quickly, yes. say the word a peepon? Peepon. It, it's spelled P-I-P-O-N. Okay. But it's a peepon. It's just an oversized barrel. And how big is the oversized barrel? Think about how many toucans, toucans you've eaten, eaten in your life. Yes. If you're to take all of them... Put it in a barrel. Put it in a barrel. That's how big it is. Because I know you love, I yes. love, you love a well, good toucan. Well, it's a very specific amount. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, yes. Do you, do you fry them or you, uh, do you fry them? It doesn't them? matter. Oh, They're delicious. Air fried. We're kidding. We're kidding, yes, we're kidding, everybody. We love birds. I, Don't eat toucans, people. <laughs> yes. Do not eat you know, them. Send your angry letters to Dan Dunn, care of... Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's taste this beautiful thing. Yeah, let's thing. taste this yeah. one. I and by the way, color. the presentation's great. Comes in an engraved oh. box. It's it's really nice. little ribbon around the neck there. Oh, let's try this. Oh, that's beautiful. Not that's good. like a butterscotch. The butterscotch is totally there, right? Yeah. I, that's the oh. first thing it reminded me of. To- yeah. I would think they put butterscotch candy into... I'm not being funny. It's that... Well, hitching. let's talk about this because here's what I heard. And this doesn't just happen with tequilas. Okay. It happens in wine, I hear, too. Uh, spirit makers, winemakers are allowed... A certain percentage of additives, flavor additives, true I, or false? I don't false. know if tequila, is tequila mm. that way? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to get, if you get into your blended tequilas and not 100% blue agave tequila, yeah. There's there stuff are that, tequilas that have nothing in them. 
And there I've been certainly. on, I've been like yeah. looking for them. Yes. Because even the famous, we can cut this. Yeah. Don Julio, 1942. Yeah. My friend told me the reason it tastes like honey is because they put a honey flavor in that. I don't think so. You're sure? I don't think they can legally. I, yeah, I don't think they can. This, this is, is my great... original question. Are they allowed to put flavoring additives in some of this stuff? In a mixto tequila. That's, that's what they call it. It literally mixto. says a mixto? mixto tequila only has to be 51% agave. Okay, but what about tequilas that don't say 100% blue agave? They put... Yeah. Oh, it's Don Julio's lawyers. They're <laughs> yeah. oh, coming in right He's now. Here to kill oh, me. no, we're oh. getting sued. Oh, wow. Please don't shoot. They're suing they're Phil. I, I didn't say yeah. it. He said it. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. In fact, I'm only asking. I don't think there's additives in 1940. We can cut all this. Yeah, we can. No, I don't don't want to. I can check it, but I, I, if they're doing it, they're sneaking it in. They're sneaking it in, and if they're doing it, but I don't think they are. Maybe one of your crack producers can look it up. I don't have any. They're never going to, they're never going to say. That's true. Well, they can if they're going to And I'm not calling them out. I'm just saying. And you love the product. I love it. I would drink it anyway. becoming a conspiracy theorist, isn't he? I don't think so. It's deep state. It's the deep state tequila folks are putting stuff in there. Have you heard of Tepozon? Yes. So my friend turned me on to that, yeah. 100% all natural, no additives. That And he showed me this website that, that actually says there's only a few of them that have nothing. Hmm. Well, when you're getting, in, when you're getting into mezcals, too, yeah. It's, yeah, they it's, play loosey-goose down there. Yeah. When you're, yes, the short answer is, with, especially in mezcal as opposed to tequila, yeah. there's going to be stuff going on that you bring, you know, but... When you get into some of the ones that we're going to have, yes. where they're importing, where there's very, I think they have very rigid standards about right. what they're doing and what you're getting. And, and it, all of this stuff's very artisanal. And I don't, but you can put like, you know, for instance, Del Maguey, which we're going to be having later, they have one that they infuse with ham, uh, mm. uh, which is, deli- which I probably I should love, probably I love the, the ham and cheese one. It's, it's hard great. to get that one. Delicious. Speaking of that, this one, I would think, Phil, you're, you know, you do somebody feed Phil. I bet this thing would pair really well with like ribeye. Oh, meats, this one. Like rich meats, like rich salty, like beef ribs, maybe. Some this duck. is absolutely delicious. This is exquisite. Nosotros. Can you hand me that? Um, you want the, the I want to get. Yeah, I want to put this in my it's, pants. It really right is. It's like, it's sweet, but not, obviously not cloying. No, sweet, it but just has just a, a really it just has like the, the aftertaste of something. And, like uh, a candy. Yeah, and I think the overarching pending thing is how much additives can you actually add? And Dan, you're on the side of there's some really, really strict rules. Yes. And Phil, who is questioning the moon landing and <laughs> the purity. I'm a conspiracy yes. theorist. By the way, there's a certain amount of permissible rodent hair in most of our food. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, no. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Really, my friend Larry Olmstead, do you yes. know, wrote a book called "Good Food, Bad Food." Did yeah. You see that book? He talked about Parmesan cheese, not Parmesan Reggiano, okay. but the stuff you buy in the store. Okay, yeah, there can be a certain percentage of like wood shavings right. yeah. in there. Yes, like, but by that's, that's like, yes, not abnormal though. You're, what, what, what you're sawdust. calling out the rat hair stuff. It's not abnormal. It's disgusting to think about, but there's a certain. It's not like you're buying that Parmesan out of the big, not Reggiano out of well, the big plastic jar. And it's not a jar. giant percentage. It's yes, a, like a, a point of a percent. It's a, because they understand the world, and they understand that it would not affect anything to have this minute percentage. But 
they're on uh, going the other way now into spirits and wines even and i learned this you know in napa as well going to wineries they're allowed a certain percentage of flavoring additives hmm hmm I don't know we, about this. Yeah. I don't know about, don't know about any of this. Well, are you saying that you, you think this is not true or you just don't well, really I don't know, know I don't about know, it? I don't know of any good wineries that are adding flavoring. Well, they're to certainly wine. not telling you they're doing it, uh, yeah, but there are laws. Mm-hmm. Phil's going deep on this one, Dan. There, Phil, there is, are apparently laws that allow for some. Sorry, Phil, I'm going to stop you. Yeah. You you know people that manufacture, let's say, cookies or something like that. That's and they right. have to, in a good way, everybody has to pass a test. That's right. Right? So right. there is a test within reason. To make cookies? To make Everything. any product. Anything that, you sell to the public. Yes. When you when Dan Don goes into his local low-rent supermarket, wherever you visit. These, you, you, you're saying these Lay's Spanish tomato tango. Now, this natural. is all natural. All natural, yeah. This is pure Spanish tomato that tango. particular bag of chips i, I got brought... i gotta try it can can i just like phil Those offered are actually made in india yeah phil can offered of course phil what... offered really really rare chips that you yeah. cannot get that's right dan it's turned very hostile here and i, I feel like i have to step in um but these are blast if, if you want to clear your palate <laughs> let's say you're not doing a tasting of anything you would put these on the table yes. and go hey would you like to not taste anything the rest of the day <laughs> yes. why don't you try these chips from oh, india where I there's no regulations these? well taste it we taste it water. now you, are they gonna always, mess up you my can't tasting? take out they the, might all right i'll do it anyway dan's put mm. one in his mouth he's chewing he's holding the bag tasty yes Spanish tomato tango Unavailable in the United States. Right. And it's 20, whatever that is. Rupees? Is that what that is? What's, I guess. Oh, would, it could be anything. Um, it does taste tomatoey. I don't know that I would recommend it with the tequila, but I'll try. Of Dan's not. Oh. <laughs> oh, and Dan is dead. Oh. Does Welcome anyone know the Heimlich? Hold on. Again. Hold on. Welcome right. to... Uh, tequila tasting yeah. with... What we're drinking Tom with Phil Calabella. Rosenthal yes. and Tom Calabella. Yeah. What we're puking up. So what let me just, yeah. for the audience's sake, because you, I'm going to crunch this on camera. I would not pair those with tequila. I don't I, think it's a good it's match. It's just what I had around. Yeah. No, but that's delicious. But they are, they're, they are very Can nice. Pass me that dump cup, too. Look at that. Oh, sure. We're going to keep moving on here. I have, By the way, get, no, we got to get Phil a little uh, liquored up here. I think not going to happen. Don't worry. I've had two sips and I'm, gonna... I'm flying. He's a um, pure okay. self control. So, Nosotros, you, number two, loved it. Loved, loved it. it. Very delicious. Oh, and by the way, uh, the price on that one. Yes. Yes. The Nosotros Tequila Madero is 100 and forty dollars. Oh, but that's, that makes sense. Tom, take it out of your bag. Take it out of your bag, Tom. By the way, Tom's I feel bad. Stuffing it in his no, bag. you know why I feel bad? Because technically, Phil uh, is the uh, major star here, and the moment I see him, uh, once he takes a liking to a product, I go, I will not be leaving this podcast with that, that product yeah. because no, no, Philip, you I, can. No, no. You, by the way, you like here. I've. <laughs> Stale is one of my least favorite words in the English language. It's a real blah word, isn't it? Stale rhymes with fail, which nobody likes to do, and kale, which nobody but weirdos really likes to eat. I prefer an antonym to stale, and that's fresh, as in fresh Victor, a line of all-natural, clean-label cocktail mixers that really come in handy when you're having a little drinking sesh. See what I did there? Rhymes with fresh. Yeah. Anywho... Fresh Victor offers nine unique blends with contemporary flavors designed to tantalize any palate. I love them all, but my absolute favorites 
are three citrus and mint leaf, strawberry and lemon, and cactus pear and pomegranate. All of the ingredients are fair trade sourced, there's nothing artificial, and the mixers are produced at a 100% solar-powered juicing plant with absolutely no waste. And right now, Fresh Victor is offering a funky fresh deal to what we're drinking listeners. Simply go to freshvictor.com, fill up your shopping cart, and at checkout enter promo code FVDAN20. Fresh Victor Dan 20. FVDAN20. You get 20% off your order. Think of all the money you'll save while also becoming the envy of all the amateur mixologists in your neighborhood. Now's the time to treat yourself to the very best mixers on the market, and that's Fresh Victor. El Tesoro and the... Uh, yes, the Don Felipe Tequila honors Don Felipe Camarena. We heard me mention that name yes. earlier. He was the man who established the La Altena Distillery in the Highlands of Jalisco in 1937, yes. which is where El Tesoro continues to be made today by his grandson, Carlos Camarena. You'll recognize that name. He also co-founded Tequila Ocho. He's a legend. I mean, that's yes. all there is to the it. El Tesoro, he is, very famous. And... Um, not much has changed. I mean, they do. This is 100% estate-grown agave. Did you guys sip this already? Yeah, we can try it. Yeah, get it. Here we there. go. Uh, they do overripe agave, so they're yes. going to age it a little bit longer. Uh, this is, again, the highlands. are about 6,000 feet up. It's perfect for growing agave up mm. there. And uh, it gives it, again, that rounder, floral, fruity taste. I'm getting lemony, peppery, a little That's spicy. Mm. Right, definitely that citrus, yes. and then the followed up by the spice. Right, so that, nice. Yeah. They use a they use a tahona there. So you know what a tahona wheel is? I don't. It's the old school how they used to do this. It's basically a gigantic oh, and the mule. volcanic stone yeah. pulled by a mule. I don't think they use a mule anymore, I, but they I, still use the they still using a tahona. If there. you saw our Oaxaca episode, I actually so saw this happen. You in did the, it, in the, Philip. Yeah, I, if you watch, so somebody feed Phil on Netflix Oaxaca. the Oaxaca episode. Phil, yes. who just said, I don't know what that is, has also done that. He has been... Yes. He has, I forgot that was the name of it. Yeah. That's I, I, I'm not criticizing you. I'm saying you, you were at ground zero. And I felt bad for the mule until they told me yes. that mule is treated better than any of us who are people working. Here. I think the <laughs> that mule, mule works an hour a day and then has the life of If he wasn't doing that... Yeah. You'd be eating that right next to Tom's toucan, I'm oh, sure. They, right? they do not go well do they together. Eat mule? They do not mule? go well can together. Can you eat mule? You, if you're on a desert island and there's one mule and three of us, yes, you can eat mule. <laughs> what are we doing on this show? Now we're, we, by the way, so everybody listening out there, I you know rarely eat mule or toucan. I'm you know, just this saying. bottle of tequila is allowed 3% mule in it. <laughs> Undertake. By the way, Dan, you have to accept that Phil did comedy professionally until he fell off the uh, charts and had to become a star. <laughs> and had to go into the food, food world. world. Yes. This is one of the last tequilas that still uses a Tohono wheel. I'll let you know that. They also, I love one that. of the other things they do is they double, they distill this to proof, and they're one of the few people that do that. I, I have to have a higher degree, like a chemical engineering degree to tell you. Yeah. But they're not using water to get this down to proof. They're just through some. Hocus pocus that they do, they actually get it down to proof. I'm very through suspicious. distillation. Yeah, well, I, of course you are. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's no water but or la, sugar don't added you to love this. That they're both añejos. They're both pure agave, right? Yeah. How different these two things taste is amazing. This one tastes like a butterscotch, and that one tastes like a lemon. And they're both made in the same place. Same place. That's. I mean, I love that about wine too. How the earth literally. 
makes a difference. One hundred percent. And the and and the way you treat it, and the the even the mule pulling the thing, mm-hmm. probably adds a little flavor. I think the significance there is versus mezcal. The you're limited by that donkey, uh, you know, volume. It's a One, weird move. You're yeah. you're you're you've now gone back to the 1800s in your quantity that you can produce. I assume that, and then the other thing about when we talk about proofing, for instance. Yes. Do you know why most spirits are 80 proof? Why they're 80 proof? By the way, Mexico. You buy it in Mexico. The proof is higher than what's allowed here. Sure. Yeah. Right. What's the difference? They probably just different regulations down there. No, but what's the proof difference? Oh, well, the reason the reason most yeah. 80, 80 proof is yeah. basically the the bottom the yeah. floor. Yeah, and why that? Why so many spirits are eighty proof? Is just simple economics. They can get more out of it. You know, right. like they they can stretch their. You know, That's they're right. Getting the more volume. Now you're seeing in yeah. in, in higher end tequilas and mezcals and whiskeys and everything else. You're getting yeah. barrel strength. You're getting this. It's, it costs more money, and they just pass it on to you. So here's it. one of the tips of the show today. When you go to Mexico, bring some tequila home with you because it will be a higher proof, and I think the flavor will be a little better as well. Okay. We're doing that. We're going to go down there. Let's go. Let's do it. 85 bucks a bottle for this one. Um, Very reasonable. Very reasonable. I don't... It's funny. When you mentioned that other one, no butterscotch in this. What I'm getting here is vanilla, caramel. I'm tasting the oak a little bit more in this one. El Tesoro? In the El Tesoro, yeah. Uh, uh, There's an initial thing. And that's what I always notice, and it's the dominant, whatever's the dominant thing. And for me, it's lemon. Lemon. For me. That's Everybody's what different. Hit Phil's palate first was lemon. When you taste food, which you do, you taste copious amounts of food on your show. There's an initial thing, and then, a, and then a, a, you know, the best foods are complex. The best spirits are complex. So you have this initial hit, and then all the other words that you said are in the background for me. Okay. And suggested. Is it for you? Um, or do you, are you able to really sort everything on that first taste? That if first I'm doing impact? it, if I, if I go to a distillery or yes. and I'm doing an actual tasting, first yes. of all, I would do things a little bit differently. Yes. And I've talked about this before where I prime my, I'm going to nose yes. it. You, yes. you want to keep your nose, you want to keep your mouth open when yes. you're nosing it, get, your, get the juices flowing. And then I take a little sip to get prime my palate. And then I take a bigger sip and I'll kind of chew it up a little bit like... Get it all over my mouth. You're gargling. And then I'm able to, I'm able to, yeah. Basically, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of gargling. Phil, you're not in this seat. I'm next to but Dan. But you're going to pick up different things on this in side, and, on the side right. of your mouth. That's and right. Different parts of your tongue. Yes. Detective. And that's yes. what I was going to ask you about when you do food. Never. Are there, are I there like certain. like a person. Are there certain notes that always kind of stand out to you more than others when you're tasting food? If something is really bitter or taste what I, what I would, or. I think most uh, Western palates would consider uh, so foreign to them that they that that, it, that and and unpleasant that if something is or, or let's say I'll even go so far as to say something has spoiled, which are delicacies in certain places. My house. That is the first thing you notice if something's off, Phil. If, sorry, only because I'm you. You got a big laugh from I eat like a person, but if you, I don't do. In other words, I don't do what he just did. Right, annoy people, swish yeah. it around oh. your mouth so much for the purpose of science. I mean, he's he's literally his job is yeah. to taste and rate. 
I don't eat that way. It's like uh, when they rate television shows. They give you, they put a, a, a group of people who had nothing better to do on a Monday afternoon. <laughs> they pay them $40 to go in a room and they give them a dial. When there's something you like, you turn that dial to the right. And when there's something you don't like, you turn it to the left, which could bring up the question, who watches TV this way? <laughs> Nobody. Yes, Nobody yes. is analyzing every second. And you know what happens? They, someone enters that they recognize, they turn the dial to the right. They, they, somebody enters that they've never seen before, they literally turn the dial to the left. When you get a laugh, it goes to the right. While the, pun, while the straight line, the setup is going on, they're turning it to the left. And then you get notes from the network. You should cut the setups. It's crazy. Phil, we yes. should... As an addendum, we should say two shows that rated terribly in the testing that you just described. Yes. Everybody Loves Raymond and Not Seinfeld. Terrible. We actually did better than Seinfeld in the testing. Well, that show doesn't work that at all. Tra- right. Yes. Uh, so, but Seinfeld tested very badly. We got it like in the 70s. Yeah. Fantastically mediocre. On a scale of like 100 would be the best. A billion. No, it's a hundred. Yeah, but you can't. What what Phil's describing, what I wanted to bring up is, you it takes the joy out of stuff. So when you say I tasted like a person, you are the everyman out there in the front versus the super. Every person who goes to buy anything just wants it to be taste good to them, right? Meaning any food or drink. I buying it because it tastes good. Now, then you have a much smaller amount of the population that is buying stuff because it's good for them, right? But that's a tiny minute. Nerds. <laughs> Nerds, in other words, yeah. Nerds and hippies, I would say. People who care <laughs> about what they're putting in their bodies. They're, my body is a temple. I don't put You know, my body is now a bus station. Everything comes in. Everything's going. <laughs> Everything comes in. I, 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 and I, I, I pray for film, it to go out. When I <laughs> watch you on the show. Yeah. Wow, man. I mean, I've seen you eat some stuff. There was well, that, was it the lizard you ate oh, the one time? In Oaxaca. The, the Oaxaca. Actually, yeah, that was that's, the Oaxaca. Day. That's yeah. literally the thing I put the brakes on. That was the one. <laughs> yeah, I can they see showed it, it to me, and I'm like, oh, look at the time. Gotta go. can, can, we, can, can we set it up a little, Phil? You're in sure. Oaxaca. You're at a restaurant. You've eaten, eaten, eaten. And, and they, tr- all the food was gorgeous. And they're so excited that and you're there. I heard that, that you know, I say to my partner at the table, I, I hear they, they have lizard here. They have iguana. And the chef overhears me saying it. Oh, you would like iguana? I'm, I go, I'm go <laughs> she says, I have it right here. And it's sitting on the counter on the left, a blackened iguana with the tail and the body and the face. <laughs> like this. And I'm, I'm like, oh, my God. And she goes, if you want that, it'll take a half an hour to prepare properly. I said, oh, look at the time. I literally said, we don't have time. And she said, well, in that case, if you don't have time, how about this? And she hands me a bowl of moving, living beetles. Mm. And, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah. But what flew out of my mouth at that moment was, oh, no, 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 (laughs) no. And she laughed and, you know, I got a whole pass. You know, I didn't have to eat it. But I will say this. I'm always polite. I always, if let's say the iguana was prepared. And it just and she put it on a plate in front of me. I would have taken a bite out of it. I would have. I would have at least tasted it. And it probably, this is a cliche, tastes like chicken. <laughs> have you ever gagged eating food on the show? Yeah. One was uh, the thousand-year-old egg in Hong Kong. Oh, I remember that. That was one of the earliest that episodes. That was on the PBS show. Yeah, that's right. I, uh, was, you that know, was not even called Somebody Feed. It was called... Uh, 
I'll have called, let's I'll kill have Phil with this with this egg. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's. Yeah. No, it was it was uh, even I was with Chinese people in Hong Kong, and one of the women wouldn't touch it, and I said, "Oh, come on!" And I popped it in my mm. mouth. The whole thing, the whole half an egg, and this egg is hard boiled, not by cooking it, but by burying it in lime and ash underground for months. Oh, That's man. how it hard boils. And then the white of the egg is a brownish orange and the yolk of the egg is a bluish green. And I popped the whole thing in my mouth thinking, it's on the table. How I'm, bad could I'm it be? I'm gagging just Turns thinking out about it. The first thing you taste is very, very, very rotten egg. And then that, talk about a more complex flavor, that initial taste is surpassed almost immediately by the flavor and power of ammonia. How did you keep it? Did you you didn't throw up though? You I just think gagged. the bravest thing I've ever done is chew and swallow that egg without throwing up. <laughs> yes, That's I did amazing. it. So then, of course, afterwards I learned you're supposed to take a tiny sliver of it and add it to the hot pot with all these other things. <laughs> Not eat an entire half an egg <laughs> like an idiot, but I'm an idiot. But Phil, yeah. your suffering, your ignorance is yes. preventing a lot of people from going through that suffering of eating an entire uh, thousand-year If egg. I could help just one idiot. <clears throat> yes. That's it. And, yeah. and, they, and I have to say, just going back to that iguana, if you watch the episode, people, yes. go watch the Oaxaca episode because that thing yeah. looks like the thing that came out of the stomach on Alien, yes. only uh, with a delicious char on it. It was so hideous. I Even, wouldn't know because I didn't try it. Would no, I? But the looks of it was so bad. But you know what? I think that... I think I could taste it. I do. I think yes. that I, if she had prepared it, if I had the guts to do it, and if I went back, again, if it was served to me. Yes. Listen, I've eaten ants on the show, worms, uh, uh, crickets. Yeah. Knowing you, said you had some. I had some crickets night. last night. Yeah. They're crunchy little things you'd never know. Am I ordering this as my favorite thing on the menu? No. Yeah. But if it comes, yes, I'll try it. Yeah. It's just the, they're, they're, the as you know, a lot of food is presentation. Yeah. So if that tasted like a delicious ice cream, yes. you still have to get past the horror film alien-like creature that is staring you in the eye. By the way, the, those those giant larvae, you know, the white ones that Ugh. are big and Ugh. you know they're going to pop like, like a cream puff in your y- mouth? Yeah. I think, I, I don't know if I could ever, ever do that. And yet, this is a delicacy in certain parts of the world. The bigger and juicier, the more the greater a luxury it is. Oh, I was in Borneo yeah. years ago. For, yeah. Do you remember the Eco Challenge, the adventure race? Sure. So I went over there. Started was, the X Games. This was back in right. like 2000. This was Mark Burnett's first show, actually. Yeah. Before, so before at the Survivor? after party, yeah. Well, right around the same time as Survivor. Well, yes, Eco Challenge was his first show. Yeah. But I was there when Survivor, the first season of Survivor was actually airing here in the States. Yeah. The finale, I was over there. But the, at the after party, they did something that's uh, local delicacy in Borneo, which is a fairly, you know, wild place. And it was giant grubs. And I mean giant, like the size of, you know, a big guy's grubs, toe. that's what it is. Black grubs that oh. were in the dirt, and they're alive. Yeah. And you reach in, and it's a traditional thing, and you reach in and you pull it out, and you hold it by the head. Yeah. And you bite the body off, mm. and it's live in your mouth, and it's squishy and gooey, and the thing's still moving when you bite it, and you swallow it. Here's the lesson, though. Yes. With enough alcohol uh-huh. in me, yes. I'm guessing there's probably nothing I wouldn't eat because yeah. I ate 
You did it. Probably not. It did it. <laughs> I did it about twenty times. Oh. I ate about twenty of them. Oh. We just kept going. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I kept going. Give okay, me another. So I have a couple of questions. Yeah. Oh, First boy. of all. How drunk were you? Well, somebody took a Polaroid of us, and we were all wearing sarongs, right? You know, like we all had them on. And I was with some friends. And so I had, pretty drunk is. The and answer. I had my, I had my, <laughs> no, I was doing sort of a Captain Morgan pose uh-huh. with my sarong with my yes. buddy. So okay. I'm going to leave it to your imagination. We're already there. What Dan. was visible in that photo? Your personal grub. Your personal <laughs> I grub. Like was getting hanging the picture, out. I'm like, this is a great picture. We look, we're all tan, and we're yeah. like dressed, and, and then I'm looking. I go, what the hell? Those my balls? <laughs> like ah, like I'm showing. I was showing the picture to everybody, and then I realized my balls are hanging out. I actually picture. don't know what the most disgusting part of this story is. The grubs are my balls. Yes, or his yeah. taste um, to bring um, it up. Okay, so then the second question. Yeah, how do you remember how it tasted? It, I don't and remember. The, I don't remember the grubs, the, ladies. I don't and remember gentlemen. the taste. I re- what I remember is the texture, the texture of it, and the, the experience of it moving around because it didn't. Die so right I away. It was like done, a snake. I have done this with live shrimp, oh. where it's still moving, but it does taste like shrimp. It's not like you know, like sweet shrimp. It doesn't. It's not the only part that you have to get over is that it twitches a tiny bit. Yeah, I don't. In your honestly, mouth, I don't remember it tasting bad. I well, don't. that's already a step up. Something. Yeah, but the idea of it is so horrific to me. Yeah, because of our upbringing. It if looked we like grew a up in a place where this was normal, that's the thing about travel. You're going to places, and you're learning what they do. And I do want to eat what they eat. But you can't help where you're from, and you can't help the ideas that are embedded in your head, right, it, yeah. from, from your entire life. So I never, I never feel like offended or want them to be offended. It's just how we were raised. They understand, and I would understand if you came here and said, potato chips, who could possibly eat potato chips, right? (laughs) It's like if you went to Coney Island and someone put ketchup on a hot dog, you'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Well, well, that's the biggest sin in the world. This show is over, Dan. You've crossed the line. It does bother me. I will say this, the one thing I do, being from Philly, and we love pizza, being from the East Coast, I will do this. Leftover pizza the next day, I reheat it, and I put yellow... Mustard, mustard on uh, the pizza. Have you ever done it? Never heard of that. It's That's so good. Yellow on it on just you know cheese or pepperoni I pizza. Think yellow I, mustard. That makes sense to me. It does. I just recently saw a thing where ketchup is one third sugar. Ugh. One third, and they poured it out. And the like rest if is you were gonna hair. like like if you <laughs> if you took a tablespoon of sugar and filled up a third of a ketchup bottle with it, that is literally what you're eating. <laughs> so bad. Right? Uh, what about the organic ketchup where it's low sugar? I it mean, It says unsweetened. Right. It doesn't There's taste no as good. And by the way, you don't want your fries in that or your yeah. burger in that. Yeah. Burgers and fries need ketchup. Why? Because we were raised that way. That's right. When chefs do a sauce that makes you forget that you need ketchup, great. All the power to them. I'd still would like a little ketchup, a little ketchup. <laughs> but I get it. That's the thing to go for. And for me, you put ketchup on a hot dog, you're, you're, I'm not going to say you're a child, but you want something overly sweet. I don't get it. Like a hot dog is mustard begging on a hot for dog mustard. Is a cl- no, it's just, and again, it's personal taste and how we were raised. I love mustard and sauerkraut on a hot dog and onions. I, 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 Me too. It's a classic. I'm with you on that. I love the. I also love the Chicago dog, which is the tomatoes on it and a pickle on it. They're all savory. 
things. And hot peppers sometimes, sport peppers. Yeah. On that beautiful, oh. soft-seeded roll. That's a Chicago My dog f- is maybe the greatest. But then I've been to Copenhagen and had their hot dogs, their street hot dogs. They have like a remoulade on there, which is almost mayo-based and mustard. But they're not doing ketchup, I don't think. Two things. When you said you're used to it in our society, let's yes. say, the idea of eating a lobster, if you weren't used to eating lobster, looks hideous, right? Of uh, course. A lobster itself it's is... It's a bug of the sea. Yeah, a bug of the sea. Which I, so we're grossed out by him yes. eating his grubs and other things. Yes. But, uh, but the, the lobster is like a delicacy. And then, so the Chicago hot... So I yes. know a guy from Chicago, and I asked him, where can you get a good Chicago dog in Los Angeles? Yes, they and do he, have. So he said, I don't know. And I said, oh, I thought since you're from Chicago, you might know. Yes. You know, give me a little snark. So I found a place where, the, but for those of you that are in listening. The in the Valley? who have never had, I'm not going to promote the place because I can't remember the name. Oh, it's Get a chilly name. place. Yeah, we'll look it up. But I'm just bringing it up. I never had a Chicago hot dog until I went to Chicago. And I go, this is the world's greatest yes. thing. I could not believe it. Right. And you and I have never discussed that. No. Nope. So when people ask me about Philly cheesesteaks, they go, where do you find a good Philly cheesesteak in Los Angeles? I go, nowhere. Oh, no. I can <laughs> take it. Oh, oh, you know it. a place? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Is it, is it that place Booze? Because I've heard that. Boo, Booze? That happens to be excellent. Yeah. There's a few other places that do it. There's uh, We Melrose does it. And if you want a bougie one at Matu Steakhouse, they oh. do it uh, at the bar and they do it for lunch. And it's a gourmet Wagyu grass-fed beef Philly cheesesteak. Here's my thing. The thing that makes a Philly cheesesteak, a real Philly, is the is the bread. And Amoroso rolls are pretty much what everybody Gorgeous, uses in yes. Philly. It's the same thing with New York pizza. I think it's the water in New York impacts the flavor of the crust. The water they're using, that New York tap water they're using, makes that crust unique. I uh, think Nancy Silverton would argue that the water in New York is a variable. Meaning, it's not all the same at every tap. And no matter where you are on earth, and even the difference between where I live and, let's say, where Moza is, where she makes her pizza, the, the air, the temperature, the, the, all these things. A baker is a scientist. They have to allow for the differentials in air pressure, humidity, humidity, yep. altitude, altitude, everything factors in. You make bread, so you know no. this. And so you must adjust to get it. So I think the water, the New York water, is slightly overrated in terms of how much it impacts your pizza. Don't forget, there's two other factors in a pizza. Sauce and cheese. And they are very important. You know a great piece of pizza the moment it touches your mouth. You know, like we're talking about the initial thing about the spirits, right? That initial taste, that initial texture in food, taste, texture, right? And that third thing that we don't know what that is, that magical quality in food and and beverages, right? There are variables and there's also, your tongue is different than my tongue. That's true. There's that too. But all these things, when when you taste a steak, that first bite of steak, you know whether this is one of the best ones you ever had or this stinks. You know immediately. I actually love that. I and do I too. do think that first taste. Now, I wouldn't be so stupid as to judge something from one taste only. There are those shows. I want to do a PSA real quick, by the way, yeah, while go we're ahead. talking about pizza. Uh, do not put pineapple on your pizza. That's all I'm saying. I think we can all agree. 
pineapple. Some people like it. I'm never going to piss on it. That's true. I think it's... Uh, uh, and if it. you want to put ketchup on your hot dog, that's fine too. It's just, for me, it makes it too sweet. And now a word from one of our dream sponsors, Harvey's Bristol Cream, circa 1979. David, would you like to come over for a drink tonight? Kate. I can't believe I wrote that. I'm glad you did. Until recently, I'd never have invited a man over for a drink. It wasn't considered respectable. But this is now. And when you're serving Harvey's Bristol Cream, it's more than respectable. It's downright upright. Harvey's Bristol Cream. Say, David, are you free Tuesday? <laughs> well, you mentioned ketchup earlier. Yes. We ketchup famously here. Uh, yeah. What's it? The, the burger place. We d- will not have ketchup in the uh, oh, yeah. uh, corner. Uh, uh, father's, ta- uh, father's office. Father's office. office. Yeah. No ketchup. He had a thing against ketchup. He thought it ruined the burger and he would, would never well, allow that's, it. Well, that, that, you talk about Nazawa, for example, who was a purist who loved his customers. But if somebody yeah. asked for the wrong thing on right. his sushi, right. he would ask them to leave. Right. Right? And so at what you point... Sugar fi- that guy, Sugarfish. Yes. Where they tell you on the menu how you're supposed to eat it. And Let's what say you go to, to an art exhibition. And you've paid to see the art. And you wear sunglasses the whole time. The artist, what is he going to say? Nothing. You're yeah, really, tinted. You're yeah. not seeing it the way I meant it to be seen. Take off your sunglasses. Or if you went in and you're like, you know what? I think Mona Lisa should have a mustache. Could use well, that I had to because then really you're, you're altering, then you're altering brought, it for then, everyone else. Then, yes, but if you, that's no good. But if you are wearing something over your eyes, literally, that changes how the painting is supposed to look. I understand the artist saying you're not giving it a fair shot, but at the same time, you can't say to the guy, you can't force him to take his sunglasses off. If he's a critic, you have problems with him because he's wearing blue sunglasses. And, and he then he paints, writes, yes, I hate that painting. It's so blue. It, uh, it, it <laughs> That's right. Exhausted well, I mean, this me. Brings, by the way, we've gone so far off track here. but it No, it's, up, all, recently, it's actually all related. Yeah, but recently, it's like anything to get off of his testicles. Well, was, like a music uh, shows, and I'm not talking about people throwing things at people on stage, but... Uh, recently, I forget, it was maybe Miranda Lambert or somebody, she stopped her show because women in the front row were taking selfies of themselves during her show. And she stopped and said, I'm trying to perform. Now, you could argue, well, they paid for the front row tickets no, and they want to take no, selfies. I'm with her. I'm with her too. Because yeah. they are distracting her from doing, and they are pretending that she's not right in front of them. I'm, I'm and with so you. that's it. Like, you can't perform if somebody's openly insulting you that way. Well, I think we should have more uh, drinking, and then we could really okay. start pitching. Oh, wait, stuff. we're drinking. So now oh, we're by the way, on, we're moving the only on. reason I'm talking this way is because I've been Because of, there it is. Yeah. Well, now we're going to move out of tequila onto the other agave-based spirit, which is mezcal. All, I love me some mezcal. All tequila is mezcal. All tequila is mezcal, but not all. Well, mezcal is tequila. Not all mezcal Now, what, what one, I like seeing Phil This animated. is a good look, and I knew you were going to like that bottle, Tom. I know aesthetically. Well, let's describe for the it's most. It's called Hedonistas de la Fe is the name of the brand, and we are doing an Espadine, which is the type of, uh, of mezcal. That is very and, strong. And uh, this is a small batch premium Mescal, kind of new, uh, but but made by fourth generation mescaleros. Some of the most refined, nuanced mescal on the market. I discovered this at a dinner at Spago, really, probably about a year ago. They I got invited this. to a dinner, and they they hosted a dinner there. Oh, with this, they hosted, and yeah. it paired so well with the food. And I was like, this is a this is something that I would want with food. This is something that I would want in a in a mixed a little bit because this one is very very strong to me. 
to you. What does Let it me, say? What does it say on there? The alcohol by volume. Uh, the alcohol. Forty six percent alcohol. So what is that? Ninety two. Ninety two proof. So yeah. that's heavy duty. That's and, heavy um, for Phil. Phil's laying down. Good night, by the way. Six <laughs> to eight yes. years on the plant maturation for this one. It's a hundred percent agave angustifolio. That's the the genus of the agave that they're using here. This wow. is a, I think it's very well balanced. I'm getting a briny note right away. And then the sort of the gentle I smoke. don't know because so, I'm unconscious. <laughs> I thought but, you'd get the pepper right away because you're usually picking that up. And then, it's very strong. I really? Mean, you to, feel like, well, because it's mescal. We just well, went Well, you're a tequila. professional. Yeah. I, think, I am not a professional. This is... Do, do you feel this? Yeah, yeah, but I, well, I, I just want to go back and say I love the bottle. What is the image of on there? A it's, dead man. It looks like a <laughs> it looks like a skull with agave leaves, leaves on the coming top out of it. it. Yes, I yes. love this bottle. The it's, man's been dead for a long time, and they <laughs> planted agave on him. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. Uh, I, I get a little grapefruit in here. I, I had this the other night in a Negroni. In a mezcal Negroni. Oh, that oh. must be good. Oh, oh, it was so good. I mean, it was again. Sweet. I would mix this because it is such a powerful thing. On Do you its own. find it power? Like I don't. I don't. For some reason, I'm not getting that. But mm. oh, I'm chewing it. You're chewing it up. Let's do it. It certainly has more heat to it. A little more heat on it, I think. Yeah. Than what we've had earlier. But I think you're going to find that with the rest of what we try. It's going to be powerful. Phil, like strap this. in. This is like the end of the hot wings <laughs> thing where they're like going, you're going to be yeah. crying by the end well, of this. No, there, there's a reason I structured this the way we did it is we started with tequila yeah. because I knew we were going to have more heat. It just depends on yes. how you like it. I so mean, I do love this. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't, my initial thing, Phil, wouldn't be like, yeah. sweet bastard, is this strong? I, it's... It's so Phil's description. It's strong in comparison to what we've had. Well, that's certainly. and that's what Dan's saying that he actually yeah. knows what he's doing yes. by lining it up and setting you up uh, for the next level to bring. So, yeah, tell me more about this, uh, Dan. So they obviously hand harvested agave. They toasted in stone lined earthen mounds. You know what they do with you know how they do this, Phil? They put the agave and they cook it underground. That's how of they. Course. That's how they're doing the yeah, mezcal. Oaxaca the episode. Being down yes. in Oaxaca. You can and see you, it. You did you that. Can, by the way, you can watch. Can we just stop for one second? Yeah. If you want to watch a man and find out why he thinks this is so strong, watch the Oaxaca episode. Watch him taking the. Is it piñe? What are, what are they called? Piñas. Pi- no, no, no. Pinas. No, the the pinas. Yeah. yeah, so so <laughs> Phil is putting them onto the fire and I'm I'm not saying total failure. Phil but put the pinas throwing yes, these, these giant I'm trying to think of a joke. It's coming okay. somewhere. Pina pina. Get fire, back to us Phil, in, yeah. Go. Okay. Throwing but, them on the fire that starts the roast. So to, yeah, yeah, to describe I watched that episode. I saw it. That's yeah. the one with the lizard. Yeah. The, yeah. And they need you to they need you to make sure the white side is down, right? Everything you did was wrong. But there are people who can toss these boulders yeah. and make them land the correct way yeah. onto the... Right. And those people don't cry and go to sleep at this mezcal. Those people are men, Philip. That's and I think now is the time... Personally, I think this is the best looking bottle I think yes. that we've had so far. Tell me their name again. Because Phil's getting liquored up again. I'm not saying this is bad in any way. I feel I'm excited for you to try the I next think one he's going based yeah. on what just happened there. Because but Phil, you would like this in a drink and you would like this. Yeah. 64. Like I love a Mezcal Paloma. You ever have to? Oh, isn't 100%. That nice? And this would be great in a I, That's what I'm thinking. I'm, make you, I'm already getting grapefruit notes on this yes. too. Yes. What you're getting. $64.99 a bottle for this. So Hedonistas. What is this called? Hedonistas. Hedonistas. De la Fe. How we'll many make Phil a drink. Two oh, more. boy. This is where Phil... <laughs> we're losing <laughs> Phil. We are losing Phil. I have okay. things to do. All right. Mezcal Vago. It's a dangerous show to do, but when you have Vago things to do Vago Ensemble. After. Okay. So Vago is... 
like the next one we're going to do, Del McGay, the final one, is they contract out with mescaleros, uh, mezcal producers down in Oaxaca, which is where, and they import them to the United States. That's what Vago does. This one is a guy named Tio Ray. Tio means uncle, and uh, his name's uh, Solomon Ray Rodriguez. His lineage of mescaleros goes back thousands of years. That's how long his family's been making mezcal. Beautiful um, bottle. It's located in a very famous mezcal region called Sola de Vega. Uh, this is probably the most famous spot in the world for Tobola uh, mezcal. Yeah. Um, and they, they distill almost exclusively in clay pots down there. So he does about 15 different varieties of agave. He cultivates Espadine, Coyote, Tobola, Sierra Negra. So you get, give you an idea, Phil, about how long it takes to harvest this stuff. Yep. Espadine that they're using down there in Sola de Vega, about yep. seven to nine years right. in the ground. Sierra Negra, 15 to 20 years. This Tobola, 18, of, 8 to 15 years. Growth of the plant. Just the so plant itself. So you have to be, I mean, winemaking is nothing next to that. <laughs> it's it's, a, it's right? a long, and yeah. this process that they do for the Ensemble, which is a very laborious, time-consuming yeah. process, the, the stills are made of, they, you've, you've seen it when you're down there, they got two pots yep. over a fire. Yep. Okay, The one below is where they're going to hold the mash, and it's got yep. an open top yep. that goes up, and they have water coming through that chills the pot on top, which turns yep. the vapor back into liquid. Right. Which they have a an agave leaf that they and it runs down the agave leaf oh. into a reed that takes it into into the collection container. Uh, this his palenque, which is the distillery down there, it's on a hill near a mountain spring. The water quality is supposed to be the best in Mexico for this. So let's try this one. Oh man! But see the heat's on it. Look at I'm looking at Phil. Look at him. <laughs> I think you're more tequila guy. I'm a bridge it. too far? Is Mescal? No. I this these just happen to be very alcohol forward for me. But I don't think what's the alcohol content in that, Tom? Let's see. Oh, 52.5. Okay. So there's 105 proof. Hello. This uh, is 49.7. 49.7 this one. Oh, on that one. 49.7. Yeah, yeah, 49.7. Okay. Uh, Higher. 100 bucks a bottle. This is the thing that Mescal nerds geek out on. Like Vago is one of those brands. I get it. Just like whatever they're it. doing. Yeah, uh, they're in. I this for me personally, the flavor on this, you're, you're getting, you're definitely getting the. But I get the fruit on that. Some salt, a little bit of like aged cheese. Yeah, flavor. Do, do you not get molasses? I get honey? it. Uh, yeah, all these words. Uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> all these words <laughs> under under a gigantic amount of booze. <laughs> I think we hit the limit with Phil. Then we, no, no, we know. I'm, I'm ready for the last. No, no, you're still good. You're still good. So I'm just saying. I want to just continue to do these episodes now. I just I want to do a tequila and mezcal episode. If with you Phil give Phil shots up week, front, you can. You can <laughs> it, it's really fun to taste stuff. This is and what I love about doing the show with you is you're exposing me to stuff that, you know how how often do you literally get to taste many yeah. things without out now buying them the buying the bottle to try them. Most people don't send you a sample. No. You know, it's a tribe. So this show is a public service. Not all heroes wow. wear capes, Bill. That's oh, what they wow. That's all I'm saying. Although I would wear a cape. You wear a little right. dress with yes. your things hanging out. <laughs> yes. By the way, I think you could. I dressed up for this. Oh, yeah? I wore no. like a button-up shirt. Oh, I, I just thought pants. Phil's in, nice. you know, his, 
Yeah, Phil's full casual. But by the way, way it's, it's 98 head. degrees outside. <laughs> this is how we, by the way, we should say in, in appreciation of, of tequila and mezcal, it is blistering hot outside in Los Angeles. It is Mexican type of heat. It is very but, hot. And we yeah. are in a nice air-conditioned room and living the life of Riley, getting to try mm. six or seven different beautiful spirits. They're all yeah. beautiful. By the it way. just, this is my personal tolerance yeah, that, just, that we're talking about. By the here. way, and, and off of that, Phil, just to make it for these people that are listening, the this one is delicious. The Hedonista was delicious. But Phil, we find out for his palate. So if you're going to give him a gift and you go, do we go with Phil tequila? And you go, just give him tequila. Not a, There are certain mezcal, when I find them, for me... The thing I try to avoid in mezcal is when it tastes like I'm drinking out of an ashtray. Oh, that's when what you avoid. It's so smoky. smoky yes. That these are not that. None these of are them. delicious. These have a lot of flavor, but they also are very, very potent. Be careful, people, I, is what I'm saying. I'm not getting that. Yeah, I'm not getting that either, but, Phil. And really? By the way, I'm not, I'm not, so yes, more than tequila, but I don't, I'm not tasting this, the hedonistas, and going, whoa, I'm just saying, mm. okay. <laughs> A little Jerry Lewis there. Well, let's let's bring this Jackie home. Gleason. This is oh, our that was Jackie Gleason. Sixth, Ooh, our sixth and final oh. spirit of the day. It's good coffee. Del McGay. Del McGay. Del McGay Single Village Mezcal Chichicapa. That's what this one is called. That's Ch- what Monica calls me. Oh. Chichicapa. This Del McGay was founded in 1995. My my old pal Ron Cooper. Ron is an artist, famous artist from Southern California, and he used to go down to Mexico all the time. He fell in love with mezcal and started bringing it back up in you know uh gas cans and bringing it and then he realized that's the flavor there was there was no mezcal (laughs) unleaded really commercially available in the united states and ron started bringing it up what year we're talking 1995 and del mcgay has many many varietals right well they work with different uh mescaleros down there so this particular one is made in oaxaca obviously the region is called the valley the central valley they're using espadine. That's the, the type of agave that they're using here. The village is called San Baltazar Chichicapa, hence the name. Uh, they ferment for about six to eight days. They're using well water, and they still it in a copper still. 48% ABV. So what's that, Tom? Math. 96 uh, 48%. Proof. 96, yeah, 96% proof. proof. Let's get, the, let's get the nose Here we go. On so let's, cheers. Chichicapa. Cheers. Chichicapa. I didn't know how many times Dan was going to say it, but... 12 seem to be Chichi the limit. Day. There we are. There we are. There we are. Mm. Lighter on the nose I than see, the look, others. I see. Look, he's smiling there already. He's, he's getting it. I think he passed out. Uh-oh. He's, he's... That's my favorite of the three. That's your favorite. Okay. Uh, it's still... <laughs> because what happens is you... Does this happen to you? You feel a prickliness on your tongue from the alcohol. Right? Yeah. Now, I would never... I don't think you're supposed to add water the way you do scotch to open it up a little bit. You could. Let me try it. You could put a little water in there. I mean, why I think you like this, Phil, yeah. is the dominant note that I got right off the bat was citrus, like lemony citrus. Yes. And I know you've picked that up in some of the stuff that we had earlier that you really enjoyed. Well, El Tesoro tequila has that lemony quality, but the, the other one, Nosotros, does not. And I think of everything we've tried today, we've been through them all. My winner today, yes, is Nosotros. Nosotros, okay, yeah, it's a it's delightful, and yeah. this one also some mint. Ah. getting that a little bit. It's the first also, one that I've had with some mint on it. Do you find when you're doing these tastings, 
and someone else is telling you the notes, mm-hmm. that it's the power of suggestion. I do taste a piano. One hundred. I mean, I wrote a piece about this years ago yeah. when I wrote for Playboy about how to kill it at wine tastings. Yeah. And what I found is if you say the most obscure thing, no one wants to be wrong. That's right. So they'll go, yeah, yeah. yeah. It does taste like a carpet. (laughs) Yes, it's... um, Okay, so I put just a drop of water in there and it it smoothed it out. It didn't... I'm not saying that it added more flavor, but it took away the kind of spicy feeling on your tongue from alcohol. Because you're proofing it down. You're literally doing what they do. You're taking down I mean, what they do. I put a tiny amount of water. Just a drop. Fill. So when things are too alcoholy, and we know what those are, add a tiny bit of You're water. You're talking about Tom, right? Phil. Yes. Yeah. Ouch. Tom. That, do that one now with the So now, water? yeah, see what that is. I added a decent amount of water. Let's just see if it changes. It was a quick... Yes, the other thing that you could do is put it on the rocks. A one ice cube. Which you wouldn't do. So that was the heat right? missed us with... One little splash yes. of water. I like it. And better. so your pa- yeah. So your palate That's for me. Well, you need to get rid of alcohol. That, Not. That's... I don't need to get rid of it. But when it starts, yeah, it's almost prickly. a distraction for me from the flavors underneath. I have to first get over oh the alcohol burn, literally on my tongue. I think you've been doing this so long that you are inured to. To that I'll, sensation. Give you, I'll tell you this. You, we were talking earlier about Scotland. I don't know if we yeah. were talking about it on the show or before yeah, the yeah. show. But Dave Stewart, the oldest distiller in Scotland. Yes. Whenever he tastes, yeah. he, he puts water in. Even, because even the in more the- water you put in, the more you're able to identify because you're taking that alcohol burn. You're yes. bringing it down. Yes. And it allows you to be able to identify the nuances of what you're tasting. Alcohol can overpower, especially when we're talking about 100... Yes, a hundred proof. It's yes. it's that's that's strong. And the more water you put in, the more you're able to go. Oh, now I'm getting stuff I never taste. So before. when you get something, let's say a scotch at cask strength, which we used to get at the uh, mm-hmm. at the Scott Malt Whiskey yeah, yeah. Society, uh, they're saying to you, you bring it down to the level you like. Especially when you're getting into these beasts that are yeah. like 125 right. proof. I mean, I was I was just tasting some wild turkey, uh, one of their new uh, the Masters Keep thing that they have. It they put out every year. They put out a new expression, and I think that thing was like weighed in at like 120, 124 proof. Yeah, that's a lot of alcohol. But some people, and no matter how, people, some people love the very thing that I'm not crazy about. They do some the thing you're running love. away from, Phil. I'm going to remind you, bringing back to the very very beginning. And you made a point of it, which is we would taste scotch yeah. at the end of filming. Of everybody course. was Raymond. Listen, I worked on shows where they didn't wait till the end. Well, I'm saying it for that reason, where you where you made it clear to us, like, not that anybody wanted to drink during the show. Well, I think you wanted to drink a few times. There's a couple of moments <laughs> where when you're like, you did drink. Can somebody get Phil some high-proof mezcal? Um, like, if you're watching get, a taping and the audience just isn't responding the way, you're like, oh, geez. That never happened. That never, boy, wow. I, I mean, I've never seen somebody Phil so else's angry. Show, somebody else's show. No, yeah. can I tell you? Can I tell you on the inside? The only time I saw Phil angry, which is not really so sorry, in the annals. Let me pronounce that correctly. Uh, the no, I meant anal uh, of showrunners. There's a lot of people, showrunners, the head of a show, who have horrific tempers, right? And it's like this: per- you're all fired. I don't want to see your faces again. Phil was not that. The only time you saw Phil frustrated was when he had the show, which is a hit show, and he'd go, can we do this one little special effect where a bunch of oranges fall down from a fruit stand? Sure, Phil, we got it. Top people in the industry, you're a top-rated show, so we come to a run-through, and all we hear is a big, in a supermarket, a big uh, pyramid of oranges, and all of a sudden, 
<laughs> Oranges come up, and then a wooden paddle goes and is slapping like a fan the inside of this board and then like two oranges fall off and Phil's like do you do you think we'll have it better on show night in front of the 200 live people or and America yes in America or Phil would go okay for this gag Ray gets hit in the face with ice cream perfect we only have one chance to do that live in front of the audience okay so now you have 200 people watching monitors and for this gag surprise you just see the monitor and everyone's looking and instead of the switcher who controls what the audience sees, instead of showing just an isolated shot of Ray Romano who about to get hit, they cut to a camera which shows the person holding off camera a thing of ice cream in their hand. The prop about person. To, the prop person. <laughs> about, so now the audience goes, that person is not only not in the show, they're holding ice cream. I wonder what's about to happen. I'm very confused now. Oh, Ray got hit by the prop. Is, are they angry? So that's when you would see Phil go... He would drop his head in anger, not screaming or just uh, uh, exasperation, I would say. You know what I needed at those moments? Yes. This collection of mezcal. You could have, that would have eased your pain a little bit. Because right now you could could chop off my leg and I'd be fine. (laughs) (laughs) If we had a drink cart that could race in front of Phil before these terrible tragic events, I think everyone in his life would be Before I forget, Tom, the Del Maguey Chichicapa is $80 a bottle. There we go. On Very that note, this is the kind of entertainment you get here on what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. I uh, I want to ask you, Phil, anything you got? You want to plug here? Anything you want to pro? When's 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 somebody feed Phil next season? Come I can't tell you. You got to call the the people. You can't do it. You're, 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 you're you cannot talk about it. Because... Literally can't talk about it. Literally don't want to talk about uh, you know any streaming service or studio. That's right. We're, while we're on strike. Oh, it doesn't. Strike. Ex- that's right. Damn it. Uh, my show is a docu series, so it's not wasn't really affected by the strike. But I'm still I've been a writer. I still am a writer, and uh, I've even done some acting parts on things. And this is not about not to change the subject completely. But this strike if, if for people who listen to the show may not all be actors and writers, and just the general public they think oh the actors and writers have a problem. No, this is now because the studios have been pretty much taken over by giant corporations. This is corporate America versus the worker. So you're hearing about this only because it's show business. But believe me, this is an issue in every aspect of life in our world. Absolutely. You know, this is, you should support all the actors and writers who are on strike because next week it could be you. Well, and when you hear things, execs, that are making gobs of money going, you know what, we'll just starve them out. And they mean that. And and you're absolutely right. It doesn't just, it, it's not limited to writers and actors. That's a whole nother show. But, but part, yes, uh, it's a tough time. Hence the drinking. Uh-huh. Part two. <laughs> so anyway, Phil's got a show, but we're not going to talk about it. But no. somebody feed Phil is, you can watch all the I do have a podcast. back episodes. I- and you got the podcast with Naked David Wild. Naked yeah. Lunch with David Wild. Yeah. Which... Very entertaining. Yeah, which is phenomenal. And for I'm just, I got to point out what Phil's been doing. Today, Phil has been handing out 
all of the drinks to the people that are here just off camera. And he does that on his food show also. I think because some of the crew will knife him if he doesn't share the food. But <laughs> it's only fun I, if you can share it. Yeah, I, I think it's a very I nice gesture. So that, that you, you don't, people don't know that that's been going on this entire time, that Phil has been nice enough to share with these well, he is, now drunk he people is a in the room. Gentleman very gentleman and a with, scholar, as are you, Tom. <laughs> very I, generous with everything that was given to him. He's very jealous of other people's Now, stuff Tom was that, just on the show, and he already plugged his stuff. He's yes. doing he, uh, just he, by the way, I because I do stuff that's not necessarily alcohol related. But f- if you want to see Phil in action, everybody's Raymond 360 is my Instagram and Facebook, and I talk fun. about people who made the show right behind the scenes of a show that's already been made, uh, etc. So if you want to learn about it, it really is worth going to. And I'm at the imbiber on Instagram. Get on there, there can be some videos there of this, you can watch it. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. I know you've got a lot of options out there. There are, I think, uh, millions Six? of podcasts oh, right now. And uh, you're choosing to spend time with with, with us here. And uh, now we're going to get off and uh, finish, polish off the rest of this tequila and mezcal. Let's do it. Here we go. Thanks, everybody. See you, Phil. Good night.